What's up guys, Nathan here, and today I'm gonna to teach you how to win at Texas Hold'em. Just do this, let's jump right into it. All right guys, so it's a beautiful day here. Decided to make this short video to help you guys out that are having problems winning at poker and specifically Texas Hold'em. Played a lot of this format over the years, over 10 million hands. I've had a lot of success, so I want to show you in this video exactly how I beat this game. I'm gonna walk you through an example step-by-step step at the end, so make sure you stick around for that. All right, so step number one to beat Texas Hold'em is to only play good cards. Now, what do I mean by that? I'm talking about pocket aces down to pocket twos. So pocket aces, pocket kings, pocket queens, pocket jacks, all the way down to pocket twos. You should also play ace king, ace queen, ace jack, ace 10, only if it's suited. And what I mean by that is the ace and the 10 are both the same suits. So for example, ace of hearts and 10 of hearts, king, queen, king, jack, queen, jack, only if it's suited, and jack, 10, only if it's suited. And if you were dealt any other hand before the flop, you should simply go ahead and fold right now. Now, a lot of people ask me, Nathan, why would you play such a tiny little range of hands? Everyone wants to get in there and play, right? Well, here's the problem with that. When you decide to play a whole bunch of bad hands, like nine, six offsuit or 10 deuce offsuit, which is what most amateurs do, you're going to get amateur results. And what do most amateurs get in poker? They get losing results. Most people lose in poker. The way to get ahead, the way to get a mathematical advantage in this game is to only play strong hands so that you always enter the pot in a statistically dominant manner. For example, if somebody is playing 10-2, like we just discussed here, but you're playing ace 10, when that 10 comes on the flop, your ace is going to be a stronger kicker and it's going to put you in a strong position to win the hand. Guys, don't fight the math in poker. Just play strong hands and you're going to win. Step number two is to play in position. Now, this is another absolutely massive one, which took me a very long time to figure out. And I find that it takes a lot of amateurs as well, a lot of time to truly understand this. And that is that the money seats in poker are the button and the cutoff. And I'm going to put a graphic on your screen right now to show you exactly what seats at the poker table I'm talking about. This is the button and the cutoff. Now guys, I'm not saying you shouldn't play hands from other seats at the poker table. I'm just saying that you should be heavily biased towards playing the majority of your hands, including even more hands than I just talked about a couple minutes ago. You want to abuse these seats. Now why? Why would you want to do that? The reason why is because from these seats at the poker table, you get to act last on the flop turn river, which is a massive statistic proven advantage in poker. You can just use a program like Poker Tracker if you play online poker. I'll have links to that in the description below. And it shows you exactly what your win rate is from every single seat at the poker table. And I can promise if you played any amount of poker, you're going to be winning by far the most from the button and the cutoff. And the reason why is once again, you get to act last after the flop turn and river. This allows you to see what they do first and to get more value bets in. We're gonna talk about that in a second to get more bluffs in, to fold your hand if you think you're beat for a cheaper price, and much, much more. So guys, skew your starting hand selection in Texas Hold'em as much as possible to these two seats, and you're going to have a lot more success. All right, so step number three to start winning 
at Texas Hold'em is to never miss a value bet. I'm gonna walk you through an example of exactly what I mean right now. So for example, you raise up pocket tens. Now remember that was on our list of hands we wanna be playing. So let's just assume that you get one caller, which is a decent situation. You were gonna go to the flop or just against one person. Flop comes down with a queen of clubs, eight of hearts and four of hearts. So this is not a bad flop for our hands. There is only one over card here, an over card meaning a card that is above our pocket pair. So the queen is the over card on this board. But guys, we need to remember that a queen is just one very small part of their range. What I mean by a range is the entire spectrum of hands that our opponent can have in this situation. So what should we be doing here? Well, we should be going ahead and making a C bet, which stands for continuation bet, which is continuing the aggression that we built pre-flop. We raised before the flop and we're gonna continue our aggression here on the flop now, continue leaning on this player and trying to get them to fold. There is a very good chance that we are still ahead in this situation here. We want to get them to be able to call with a four, with an eight, or with a worse pocket pair. For example, pocket nines, pocket sevens, pocket sixes, pocket fives. All of these hands could very conceivably call on this flop. And a lot of people will even just call you with ace high here. And hopefully you guys also notice is that there are two hearts on this flop here. We do not block that, by the way. We do not have a heart in our hand. So it is very conceivable that this player could have a flush draw as well. We want to make them pay for that as well. So we want to be making a bet here. I typically like to bet on the larger side in this spot, especially in smaller stakes games. So I typically bet around 60 or 70% of the pot in this situation. Let's move on to the turn. So on the turn here, we're going to talk about pot control now. So the turn comes down with a king of diamonds, which is not a particularly great card for our hand here. Number one, it represents another over card on the board, which is not good, of course. It's another way for us to be beat here. And the other important thing to note here is that if we bet again, we are showing incredible strength here. Remember, we raised pre-flop, we bet the flop, and now if we bet the turn again, it's gonna be really difficult for somebody to, any kind of, you know, logical, thinking, sane opponent to call us here with a hand like pocket sevens or with a hand like eight, nine, for example, because we're applying such tremendous pressure. So what we want to be doing here instead is just checking in this spot and perhaps calling depending on the player type and depending on if they bet. But in this example, we're going to assume that our opponent is just going to check behind here as well. So we're going to go see a river and this is a perfect example of pot controlling in this situation. Let's go to the river now. The river comes with the complete brick, the two of spades. None of the draws got there. The flush draw with the hearts did not get there. There was a couple gut shot straight draws on the flop with hands like jack nine or five seven, for example. None of those draws got there as well. So what should we be doing in a spot like this? Well, guys, a lot of people will just check call in this situation, which is a pretty significant mistake. You want to be making a value bet here. I typically go a little bit less here around half pot. So for example, say the pot is $50, you wanna bet around $25 in this situation here. And the reason why guys is we want to make them pay in a situation like this. Remember, when we pot controlled on the turn there, we created what I call deception value. I talk about that in my third book, which is called the MicroStakes Playbook. And that is the fact that we created this deception by pot controlling on the turn, which allows us to get paid now on the river. It may 
makes a hand like Pocket 7s think that we don't have anything when we decide to bet on the river here. And that's why it's very important to make a value bet in a situation like this and get every single last chip out of them. So guys, this is my simple three or maybe five step process here to consistently beat Texas Hold'em games. I hope you enjoyed this poker podcast episode. If you want to know my complete strategy for beating small and mid-stakes poker games, make sure you go grab a copy of my free poker cheat sheet that's available on my website at blackrain79.com. And also make sure you hit like and subscribe here to the podcast as I'm putting out new episodes every single week to help you guys quickly get beating your poker games. I wish you guys all the best at the poker tables. I'll catch you next week. This has been Nathan Williams with blackrain79.com.